When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, you want to hear my joke? It's not really a joke. It's more of a reference. Oh, yeah, I can, I can, I can go for a reference. <clears throat> <laughs> one of the one of the great men of the twentieth century, Pope Paul the Sixth, Saint Pope Paul the Sixth. You know what he said, Patrick? Let me what tell you said. what he said. He said, "Man listens more willingly to podcasts than to teachers. And if he <laughs> listens to teachers, it's because they are podcasts." <laughs> this was, is good. I was thinking about that one all week. Preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, you use podcasts. <laughs> I should have waited a second longer. I should have waited one second longer. Mm-hmm. It would have been perfect. All right, it's drinky, drinky time. Welcome to the Crunch, the only podcast that lives close to its house. It's your boy Ethan, and I'm Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> good i was driving home and i called patrick i said patrick and he said it sounds like you're home on the microwave and i said no patrick that's the seatbelt man beeping at me and he was like ah oh, he was all sad because i was driving home but i said i said no worries patrick i live super close to my house and then i said most of us do and he made fun of me most of us do. oh i just got a notification no way you <laughs> i need to turn it off on discord i that's need to turn crazy. off my notifications on discord because it's uh, it beeps in the background and I get distracted and I cannot podcast. Guys, the so. Discord, <laughs> the Discord is, I surprisingly positive results of the Discord experiment. One, I'm shocked. Later. I'm shocked at how much I don't hate it. Can I be? Honest? I know. I was so impressed and happy that you didn't absolutely hate it. Here's the thing. First thing that happened, day three of the Discord, someone says, "Hey, I want to talk about this pillar article." Boom. People talking about the Pillar article. Someone created a thread talking about the Pillar article. Then someone created a thread talking about last week's episode or two weeks ago episode. Yeah. And I was like, this is what we want. We want this people talking happening. about the podcast. Live engagement, other. baby. Live. On- so if you have not joined the Discord yet, st- but what what are you doing? Did you not know it existed because it's only existed for like a week? That ma- That's fine. That makes sense. Link to join the Discord in description. I want 200 people in the Discord by Christmas. That's what I want. That's all I'll say. I want 200 people in the Discord before Christmas. That's good. That'll be good enough for me. And then we'll actually need some like legitimate moderation. No, I don't think we will. Right now, we don't need any moderation because our audience is so cool. And if more people from our audience join, it will get less cool? Well, I mean, the more people you join, the more people that you get that are like kind of outside. The, you know, it's like... That are like you, you get people that are further and further away from you know being like your your tribe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the people that are like. Just so, the crunch if you're are, listening to this, if you haven't signed up for the Discord in the first week and you're thinking about doing it now, Patrick doesn't think you're a part of his tribe. You're not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. There's like there's like people who's like the Crunch is my main podcast, and there's right. like I listen to the Crunch sometimes, and there's people who are like I listen to Catholic podcasts. I know oh, this these people have a Discord. I'm gonna go in there, and then I'm gonna you know talking about how pope francis isn't really the pope and then you gotta you gotta be like all right that's not none of that nonsense like it's like it's like catholic twitter if you let anybody in it uh someone gets catfished (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know i'm ready we'll know that we'll have made it as a discord community when someone 
thinks that they're going on dates with a person that they think that says what they are, but then in reality, it's someone who's much older and the opposite gender. Yeah. That's that's how we know we've won. That's how we know. That's how we'll know. That's how you know. Mm. Red Label is great. It's the official beverage of the Crunch Catholic Podcast. I'm not drinking Red Label, so... What are you drinking, then? Woodford Reserve. Ooh, that's fancy. Yeah, it's good. It was a gift. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, super, super tasty, super deluxe. I'm really tired. You're going to have to amp me up. Okay, I have, I have a couple of really good stories to tell. The best storytellers always begin like this. I had an eventful... It's been like over a week since we recorded last. We haven't spoken in nary a fortnight. Except for on the Discord. And you're right. That is the stupidest way to preface a story. But Thanksgiving break. Okay? Thanksgiving right, break. I, yeah. went, I went back home to the motherland, Florida. And I found something absolutely despicable upon my return. Like Odysseus returning to wherever he was from, finding 50 dudes trying to sleep with his wife. I came home to Melbourne to find... And he found the city of Melbourne exactly as it was when he left it. (laughs) Exactly as it was when I left it three months ago, except the mayor passed a city ordinance Uh that said you can't give stuff to homeless people. What? I know! Like anything? I know. Okay, so I, I found out later that it's like, it's more specifically a traffic ordinance, so you like can't give stuff to homeless people out of your car. But it's like, okay, fine. Hmm. But they're they're trying to clean up the streets, apparently. I found this out from my friend who does a lot of homeless ministry in and around Melbourne, Florida. And he has uh, he has a great a great organization called Impact. They're doing some good stuff. I'm working with them. And he one of his big things is he just grabs a stack of pizzas from Little Caesars and goes to where homeless people hang out and gives them pizza. Great way mm-hmm. to just, you know, Serve the homeless. Yeah. Very, very easy. It's not... Everyone loves pizza. You don't have to sign any permission slips. You don't no. have to, like, you know, answer an ad in the bulletin. You just go and you do it, right? Yeah. Easy. And he told me, yeah, there's a problem now because Melbourne's been cracking down on that. So, like, I can't just drive up in my car and hand him a pizza because that's against the law now. That's I have to, crazy. like, park, get out, wave them down, and, like, stand next to them for a while because... I... Here's my question, right? It's like, you can't give anything to homeless people. Okay, cool. What if I spot you $5 for lunch? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, how how are you going to what what's the difference? You know, it's, what you have to do is yeah. you have to like create a legal class of person mm-hmm. and make them juridically less than people mm-hmm. that are not in that class. You have yeah. to legislate a caste system in order to make it so you can't give free things to homeless people. Anyway. So I was like, screw that. This That's is a ridiculous. really fun story so far. It sucked. I was mad. And so I was it was Thanksgiving. I was driving to the local the local uh the local store, the local okay. tienda. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to a produce stand that's the only place it's open on thanksgiving okay and uh it's just like a family-run produce stand and they got like a meat section i was getting some andouille sausage and i pull up into this this store i was driving to the store and i see this guy on the main one of the main roads leading to this store i uh, mm-hmm. just taking a nap on a hill right and i was like that guy's very clearly homeless it's yeah. thanksgiving he shouldn't be hungry on a day where we celebrate our abundance right and so i'm like i'm gonna pick this guy up a sandwich right and so I go okay, to the store, go. I get this guy a sandwich and I'm like, he's probably going to be there. Cause he's like, taking a nap, probably going to be there on my way back. I driving back. I see a cop <gasps> parked on the side of the road. And I was like, Oh no, they know. I, I was like, I the bought sting this guy. Operation. It's a sting operation. They saw this guy. They're like, Patrick, he's a good guy. He's, like, he's not going to let this guy go. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? What's the worst that's going to happen? What are they going to, what are they going to put me in handcuffs? No, that's absolutely not going to happen. Right. Thank you for um, thinking logically about this. Yeah, and it was like it was like the worst they're gonna do is give me a ticket. I'm like, fine. Expensive, 
expensive lunch, you know? Right. And so I go up to, uh, I go up to this, this cop and I look at him I'm like, Hey, how's it going? I park it on the road. And so I'm very much obstructing traffic. So it already yeah. is definitely not, uh, yeah. in accordance with city ordinances. And I go up to him. And I'm like, Hey, I heard it was illegal in Melbourne to give food to homeless people. And he looks at me. He's like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And I was like, yeah, cool cop. Let's go. Let's go. And so I give, I give the food to the guy. He says, thank you. I say, happy Thanksgiving, you know, uh, stay warm, which is something I'm accustomed to saying in Pittsburgh, but it's kind of redundant or, you know, it doesn't make a ton of sense in Florida. Florida. Yeah. Uh, but it was cold for Florida. And then the, the cop goes, wait a second, Patrick. And I was like, no way (laughs) cop name. Cause I'm not going to say his name, uh, Uh or what street it was on. Take that Melbourne PD. Um, I went to high school with this guy. Oh, so what? yeah. Well, maybe that's identifying information, but I don't know. Who cares? Anyway, yeah, and so I, I was like, went no to a way. Big high school. Yeah, it was Father Blake Britton. It was Father Blake Britton. <laughs> he was also he's also a cop. They're they're also really a, stretched yeah. thin down there in the diocese of Orlando. Uh, but yeah, I went to high school with this guy. So it was that's really cool. crazy. Nice. Yeah. That would have been really awkward if he like arrested you and then he was like, "Wait, Patrick." And yeah, I would like, be like, "Hey, what's hey, up? Hey, what's up, dude? Let me out of these." <laughs> hey, please uncuff me. Thank you. Uncuff me. I would you love remember to that go. Time, remember the time that we once were in the same history class? You remember? <laughs> you remember all this history that we've got? Yeah, Maybe remember that one time that you let, let me, me out, out of handcuffs? Cuffs. Oh wait, that hasn't happened yet. That's oh, crazy. We should make that mem- memories. We're making memories now. All baby. those times that we were in high school, and we were daydreaming about how one of us was going to be a cop, and we arrest the other one, and then let the other one free without <laughs> pressing charges. <laughs> we're here. We finally made it. This I know. Awesome. Remember, remember that time that one of us said we were going to turn off our body cams and you know not let us go. You remember that time? That's good. That's, those good times. You remember one of those back in high school? We were talking about how one of us was going to be a cop, and we we're going to turn off our body cams for good reasons for once. <laughs> Yeah, remember that? It's good stuff. Oh, um, anyway, great. this is just a reminder that the solution to homelessness is homes uh, and not city ordinances that make it so you can't give food to homeless people. Thank yeah, you for coming crazy. to my podcast. I don't know. Were they just trying to drive people out of Melbourne by doing that? I don't know because Melbourne is on the up and up. So it's like, what it's does like, that mean? It's on, it's gone. It's, it's on the up. So it's, it's going, it's, it's gentrifying. So yes, there's indeed. a bunch of people who are going to go to city hall and say, I'm tired of these dirty people on my streets. Yes, precisely. And, yeah. uh, it's, up it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a problem. Uh, it's on the up and up, which means it's on the, it's on the take. It's yeah, it's, it's gentrifying quickly. And so yeah. that means that homeless people have to hide in parks and yeah, it's really sad. And so yeah. it's, it's a, it's a bandaid solution to a, 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 a complex, social problem that could be solved because oh yeah you know you just gotta you know bring community organizations together churches you know like i don't know the social concerns is melbourne is small mm-hmm. it has quite a few homeless people but it's small so like the churches are small and that means that they don't have these insane social concerns operations going but it's you know mm-hmm. if, if there was some kind of collaboration between denominations and between the city and the churches then you know maybe we could pool our resources and get these people into houses so that they're not on the streets because like yeah it it sounds trite but that is the solution to homelessness it's homes my wife feels yeah. very passionately about this because she worked in social work with the homeless for about a year mm-hmm. and two years and she was like it's we're we're providing a, a band-aid solution by giving them relatively permanent apartment style dorm style living mm-hmm. when they could if and they could be living autonomously for the same amount of money uh, if we just, you know, did something, I don't know. As I've said before, and I will probably say again many times, if 2020 taught us anything, it's that we can print money and do whatever we want whenever we want. 
and there's no for no no consequences for, for no consequences. There's a little bit of inflation. Everyone's like, ooh ooh inflation. Ooh, oh no ooh. oh no! I Someone paid four fifteen for milk instead of three ninety. Oh no! Yeah oh no! That's probably because I didn't go to Aldi. You know what I mean? Like that's probably yeah. what it was. So I just. Uh, but but that's the thing is that solving homelessness is not as it doesn't it doesn't get people get get out the vote you know nah, no one true. cares no one it's cares true. about it because it doesn't affect them and yeah so, no gas prices gas prices get the vote out my you know a friend of mine keep, said a friend yeah. of mine said the other day he was like say what you will about Donald Trump but I'm paying three fifty for gas now and I was only paying two seventy last year I'm like gas prices do that man it's not yes. there's not a button there's no. not a button and if there was a button don't you think he'd press it. Yeah. Don't you think it'd be in his best interest to make sure that everybody, you know, has bread and circuses so they vote for him again? Yeah. Man. I it's I mean, we're just gonna keep getting gaslighted about abortion and gay rights and race rights and relations and all those things. And then we're never we're never actually gonna solve anything. Cause gosh, why would we why would we tackle actual social issues when we could get people really riled up on twitter.com it's interesting that you bring up twitter.com i wasn't trying to do a segment you stepped right into my trap card tell me another story okay you coward um <laughs> i was sitting nope this is this is not a story you're gonna tell like but it's it, a good story tell it so tell phoebe it. and i were flying back from melbourne florida Ooh, awful story so <laughs> far we i shouldn't on, have told it they're on the airplane Okay. And these two these two ladies they decided to become friends on the behind us on the airplane. Great. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love I love people coming together. Right. Anyway, so uh the flight attendant comes online. First of all, I traveling now from the minute you step into an Uber until the minute you step out of your Uber when you get back home, it's just nonstop reminder that COVID is a thing, right? It's like yes. what Uber thinks it's doing when it tells me to put on a face covering before I get into my Uber is uh it, what it thinks it's doing is protecting me from covid what it's actually doing is exposing me to my uber driver's opinions on coronavirus for the first five <laughs> minutes of my uber ride um yep. <laughs> and so uh we get uber driver's opinions we get flight attendant opinions we get a bunch of opinions anyway so the flight attendant comes on the the, the speaker system and goes reminder please keep your masks on for the duration of the flight in accordance with federal aviation rules and uh, the the lady behind us is like, oh, she's yelling at me. That's specifically at me. She's like, I'm not afraid of COVID. What are they gonna do? Kick me off the plane after we land? Yes. I are. Yes, they will do. They that. will do that. And and she's like, I already want. I already. I'm already landed in my destination. I want to get kicked off. And I'm like, yeah, but they're gonna make sure you don't fly on that airline again. Like they were yeah. anyway. And so of course she says this to her new friend, and now it's just a conspiracy theory spiral behind oh, us. Oh wow! And Ethan, I'm sitting next to Phoebe, and my poor, my poor, lovely, amazing, smart, beautiful wife is looking at me, going, "Don't you say anything?" Because I, <laughs> I didn't download a conspiracy theory podcast before I got on the plane, Ethan, but I got one live you didn't, right you didn't behind me. Yes. They're like, they're like, it's crazy that 5G towers went up in Wuhan right before, and I'm like, where <laughs> are you getting all of this? What are you? <laughs> talking about and and she was like and she was like and you know you can't believe everything you read and i was like unless it's on facebook apparently because all of this stuff like this is crazy right and then all of a sudden they start going antifa and black lives matter and i'm like i was like phoebe if they say the words critical race theory i'm not going to be able to stop myself it's not going to happen i'm just going to say all of my i have opinions every week that i just get to tell people yeah and that has made me a very unvirtuous person i just can't hold it in but anyway, you ladies sound like you don't like liberalism. Let me introduce you to a little concept I like to call post liberalism. I'm very f- afraid that people are using post liberalism to become incredibly alt right. Um, 
and I'm not. People will use anything to become incredibly alt-right. I'm just very, I just, I don't know. I'm just afraid. Anyway, don't I don't want to talk about, I don't want to talk don't about Don't be afraid. That. But yeah, of... they, they were talking about, they were talking about vaccines and, you know, they, 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 they have a little bit of a less nuanced opinion than, than you do on vaccines, hmm. um, which is crazy. And uh, they were like, you know, the, the vaccine actually causes coronavirus. And I was like, I thought a second ago you said COVID wasn't real. Like, what is it? Anyway. And then the then the, the, the lady's granddaughter was like scream singing Baba Black Sheep for the last thirty minutes mm-hmm. of the flight and I was like, That tears it. I don't know, man. This, this is, is this I thought I thought that spreading misinformation loudly on an evening flight when people are trying to sleep. There was something they said something about like millennials taking the vaccine. I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. What does that even mean? I don't know. It, 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 millennials are like a boogeyman. Anyway. So that that's another thing that happened. And I, I just <laughs> I just told Phoebe, she was like, She's like, You gotta let it go. And I was like, I wish I could. But like I hear, I hear it on the on the conspiracy theory podcast, and I go, "Haha, aren't the people funny that are far away from me?" But now they're right behind me; they're mm-hmm. coming for me. <laughs> oh yeah, they said the words, "I'm not a conspiracy theorist," loud, out loud, but without like looking at the mirror and saying, "Well, maybe these things that I'm saying as theories are conspiracy theories, perhaps." Oh, the. <sighs> Phoebe, I, Phoebe, I don't think you understand. The people, people behind us—they're wrong. They're wrong. <laughs> I can't do anything about it. <laughs> All I wanted to do was ask questions. That's what I told her. I was like, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell them you're wrong, even though they are. That's not helpful. Mm-hmm. I want to ask them where did you hear that, and then yeah. when they respond, I want to ask them, do you think that's a reputable source? That's what I want to ask them. I was like, how do you know that's a reputable source? How do you know it's more reputable than CNN? Is it because it agrees with your biases, your pre-existing biases? That's what it feels like. But they're not going to engage you with no. that. They're going to they're going to resort immediately to it, an attack on your character. That's immediately. True. They're probably going to make fun of my beard. Yes. Well, when when they said when they said, you know, I I, I like if I told Phoebe I was like if I had been alone, I probably would have engaged them. If I, if I, if, if my, if my wife being embarrassed publicly was on the line, not on the line, I probably would have talked to them. But after they were like, yeah. you know, all the people that are getting the vaccines are millennials. I was like, they're probably going to like dismiss anything I say on that ground, even though I am not a millennial. And I also am most of the 50. people that are getting the vaccine are ages 65 and up. Yeah, which I didn't understand that. Uh, that doesn't like literally. <laughs> that's the whole thing that we really needed the vaccines. That so was that the whole point. <laughs> who are not millennials could get the vaccine. That just seems bonkers to me. Out of yeah, any, I'll be, I believe the five G Wuhan thing. I'm in on that. I think that's great. <laughs> but don't tell me millennials are the ones getting the vaccine. That's just patently false. If you look at the stats for the age ranges, sixty five and up, it's like ninety six percent or something. It's crazy. Yeah. Wait, sorry, what did you say? The for the age ranges, it's like oh. sixty five and up. It's like ninety six percent of those of that age group is vaccinated. It's vaccinated yeah. As you go down, it like goes it goes down proportionally mm. with the ages. So yeah. Anyway. But the the best part of the flight, they started the flight off by singing Lord of the Dance. That's unironic. They did that. She was singing Lord of the Dance, straight up. I was I was like, no way. I know I am that the Lord of the Dance said he. She started with the dance then, and I was like, this is gonna be a flight. Anyway, so the world is as worse as the world is as bad as I've imagined it. Um, mm-hmm. it's a phrase scary that when you go out into the world, a phrase that I've been repeating over and over in my head for a while uh, is they don't call it the Valley of Tears for nothing. Oh dear! <laughs> and uh, I've just been crying. My my um my pillow is soaked with my tears. Uh, my one companion is death, 
And uh, yeah. Do you have a third story? Why were those two not good enough for you? No, I just, I just, no, they were wonderful. I want more. Okay. Well, I mean, this is kind of a hopeful one. I don't know. This, this past Thanksgiving has been a very, has been a very thankful and a very giving season. I began and ended my trip in Florida with two, with an encounter with a, with a, with a person experiencing homelessness. Right. And the last guy, his name was Richard. I actually got to have a conversation with him. Whoa. Which is really nice. Love it. He was just sitting there. He was like, yeah, when my mom died, I was out on, like, I had, I had to leave her house because her house got repossessed and I was out on the streets, you know? And he's like, that's been a year. And I, I, I tried to hook him up with some people I know that give out food in downtown Melbourne. And I was like, this is where you got to go. Cause like you should go to the social concerns office. They can help you get your identification back. Here's something we don't think about. Homeless people get their stuff stolen all the time. So even if they have a copy of their birth certificate, their backpack's going to get nicked and their birth certificate's going to get like thrown in the garbage. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you can't get a job if you don't Mm -hmm. have identification. You don't have an ID. Yeah. Yeah, So like. Which is crazy. It's a huge problem. And so a big big thing that Phoebe had to do when she was working with these formerly homeless men was help them get their IDs back, identifications and back. And it's like, it's easy to get a social security card if you have a driver's license and vice versa. But if you don't have either, it's incredibly, incredibly difficult to get either of those back. And anyway, so I just drove up. I was getting sandwiches from Publix, getting pub subs. Uh, you, my, my Southeast boys know what I'm talking about. And uh, I like asked this guy, I was like, hey, do you, what's your favorite kind of sandwich? And he was like, a Whopper. And I was like, sick. So I went over to Burger King, crawling with cops. Really? And I was like, oh no, they're onto me. <laughs> this Again. is another sting. Another sting operation. Another sting. And uh, I buy the Whopper and I get uh, I get a big old, a big old cup of water. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I walk over to the uh, the the counter, and I, I I realize I can do something that a homeless person can't, which is walk into a Burger King and take exactly eighty six napkins out of the napkin dispenser. And so I did that, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, because you never know when you need napkins, you need tissues, you need, you know. Totally. And so I gave him all the stuff, and I was like, "But what do you?" Because re-? then I I gave him the sandwich. I was like, "I assumed he was hungry. That might not be the case." I was like, "What do you really need?" And he was like, "Honestly, man, I just I really need toilet paper." And like I don't know why it was that, but it was like that that made me realize I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. Because I have never wanted for toilet paper, even yes. when everyone was freaking out about toilet paper. I always had toilet paper. We still had plenty. I don't know anybody who actually ran out. Yeah, it's maybe that's me just uh, projecting, but like even with supply chain issues, I've never wanted for basic necessities of life. But this guy, like. I've encountered homeless people who, when I say, what, what do you need? They say $5, you know? And I'm like, that's not, let's you talk about T loss here. You know what I mean? Right. Like, let's talk about what's the final end of that $5. But like this guy was very honest, very on the table. I need toilet paper. And I like, I felt that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, you know, just going up to someone and asking them, what do you need? I can fill that need very easily. And it's mm-hmm. like not even a virtuous thing. You know, it's just me giving out of my abundance. Right. My perceived abundance. We talked about a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And how easy and simple it is to make a difference in someone's life by just giving them what. It wasn't charity that gave that man a whopper and a roll, of toilet, a couple rolls of toilet paper. It was justice. justice it was justice. Yeah. It was pure justice. Um, yeah. And so that, I think that, I think that we need to, like something that's practical that we can all do is we can start thinking about how to mete out justice in our communities by just going out to people and asking them what they need, you know, and it doesn't even have to be the homeless. It can be like, you know, 
elder elderly people your neighbor. in nursing homes your neighbor exactly it's just so simple everyone to, needs something yeah and this is this is all because I'm, i've been hanging out with this guy aaron who's a he's high in ideation he's a very idealistic guy he's got mm. a lot of big ideas and i'm very i'm very high in activator and mm. so i help him make his ideas reality <laughs> yes and i tell him hey you're saying too many different ideas you gotta you gotta pick one we gotta go with it um, but he's a very principled man, and he he loves making differences and teaching people how to make a difference in their local community, um, not just making a difference himself. So uh, I don't know if the website's going to be up by the time this posts, but go to impact-resources.org. Uh, just keep an eye on that website; it's going to be changing up for a little while soon. Just if you want to learn, if you've been like, man, I really want to just start, I just want to start making a difference. I want to start feeding the homeless in my area. They, we have I helped write an uh, an ebook about how to start a, a service community. That was one when of my did jobs. you do that? Uh, it's, I did that a couple weeks ago. What? Yeah, it's not out yet. Oh, okay. I was about to say. Yeah, it's not out yet. It's just it's just like a it's just like a, an ebook of like, hey, you want to learn how to do this? You can start a service community in your in your home. You can't be out here publishing ebooks without telling your podcast co-host. <laughs> this is independent of the Crunch Industries. Venture I know, but we but I could put it in the fund. show notes. That's true. Well, it's not out yet. It's not out. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. But I just I thought it would have been published already. That's amazing. Can I tell you a story? You had a story this whole time. You made me tell three. Well, I was thinking about it. It's not really a story as much as it is an event that happened to me. Oh, well. So yesterday. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yesterday, I get home from work. I get home from work. I says to myself, I says, all right, time to be home from work. <laughs> and so I, I take off my shoes. I take off my socks. I take off. No, I don't take off my socks. I've never taken off my socks in my life. Oh, geez. Uh, Gross. I love wearing socks. Uh, bare feet people, what are you doing? Oh, I love the feel of nice cold I am hardwood. not a barefoot guy. I hate because my feet get so sweaty. Freezing and so, cold hardwood. So I just slip <laughs> on everything. Anyway. So I get home. The key Emma's, is to have strategically placed carpets. You can wipe off the sweat. Right. Just every every half step. <laughs> uh, Emma's gone. She's she's hanging out with a friend. We were supposed to ride bikes because we finally both got some bikes, which is amazing. Ride bikes. After the great, the, the great bike chaos of 2020, um, we both found some very reasonably priced Trek bikes on Facebook Marketplace. Nice. Bought myself a pump at Academy Sports. That works for not only Schrader valves, but Presta valves. So, baby, we're in it. Um, <laughs> so you researched your valves before the I bike. researched my valves. 
live in the store. So I come home. We're going to go on a bike ride. It's getting dark. Sunset at 5.17 p.m. yesterday. I don't know if you know that. Fart noise. Yeah. It was uh, <laughs> it was pretty pretty early. But So she goes home late. We're not riding bikes. So I'm like, dang it. Guess I'll just start making dinner. So I'm cutting an onion. And Emma comes home. She's like, oh, she's you know she does that thing when the wife comes home and the husband's cooking. She's like, this is so awesome. I'm so excited that you're cooking. I love this. I love you. Kiss on the cheek. Like It was awesome. It was a very loving moment. And then she goes out and she's doing something. And she says, Ethan, can you come out here and look at this right now? And I was like, <laughs> what? What could, I don't know what could possibly be happening. Come out into the living room. There's a, a hornet or a wasp that's like this big. I'm holding my, my fingers very far apart. It's for those far of you apart. They're far apart. This big just sitting on the wall. That's roughly the size of, I don't, it's like half the length of an iPhone. Yeah. In my opinion. Maybe yeah, almost it, it, the full length. Minimum. He was big and he was just poised. And so Emma's like, you got to kill it. And so I'm like, all right, How? I'll kill it. It has a sword. <laughs> it, it does. That's the thing I was scared of. So I go and I uh, I put on a, a sweatshirt and a hood and I actually put on a mask <laughs> inside the house. <laughs> people wearing so was, masks inside their homes now. Oh. And people wearing masks inside their homes. It's crazy. I get the raid, spray the thing, and... Believe it or not, hornets that are this big, pretty freaking resilient. I bet you should have gotten a Tupperware and trapped it. Well, and oven mitts so it can't but, sting you. Oh, that would have been so much smarter yeah, than that. Yeah, you clearly have not fought murder hornets before. I've not. Well, I'm from Oklahoma or I'm from Kansas. We don't have any of these okay. things. So I spray the thing, it falls onto the couch. It falls onto the couch. It's still buzzing around. And so now it's on this like. I'm still spraying it, and Emma's mad at me because she's like, stop spraying it. You're getting the couch cushions all poisoned. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. We got to kill this thing. So I'm getting the poison all over the place. And then it falls, and it looks. This is the price of war. This is 1917 all over again. Um, So the the hornet is laying on the couch cushion, and he looks pretty dead, right? Like, you know how bugs kind of look dead? And so I take a shoe, take a shoe, hit it. The problem with the cushion is that you 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 compress yeah, the shoe kill. onto the bug and it just and then it pops the bug up and he lands somewhere else. And I I do that a couple times and I keep hitting the cushion and it keeps bouncing 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 bouncing. And I'm and Emma's like, "Are you good?" Cuz while I'm doing this I'm going, "Yeah! Yeah! Yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> and and so she's like I stop for a second she goes, "Is it dead?" And I'm like, "I think so." sure i i take off all the cushions because it, it had fallen into a crevice and so i take off all the cushions i see it freak thing is still moving and so i'm like gosh i can't seem to kill this thing i keep hitting it it keeps moving i go and get some gloves on not oven mitts which is what i should have done initially yeah. but like the gloves that i use when i stained that table that i built um woodworking gloves no, they're not woodworking gloves oh. they're just like plastic gloves because like gardening gloves would have worked too they're not gardening gloves you use them to like clean dishes and stuff. Oh, they're like rubber latex. Rubber gloves. rubber gloves. Rubber That's gloves. the word. I get the rubber gloves. I get like 10 paper towels and I just kind of scoop him up and I'm trying to hold him, but I didn't get a good grip on him because he, again, he was in a crevice. crevice. Yeah. yeah. And so his like little wing is poking out and like I see his head moving. So I'm like holding on to this thing, this wad this of paper towels. This gigundo wasp, yeah. This gigundo wad of paper towels. I'm holding on him. He's moving. I'm scared that he's going to get away. So I'm like trying to clamp it in without freaking him out too much so that he like crawls out of there and flies away. I open the door 
and I safely make it to the trash can and just throw him in there. He could be dead. He could not be dead. I hope he is. A Schrodinger's Hornet. <laughs> yeah. So Or anyway. Schrodinger's Hornet, I guess you want to say. It was a... Uh, Schrodinger's Hornet? Okay. You did good. Thank you. you. Good. Thanks. Thanks. I tried. I just want to let you know that I killed this bug, and I tried really hard to kill him, but I was not as brave as I could have been. Killing killing bugs is a regular occurrence in the Nevi's basement household. <clears throat> yeah. We live... Our apartment is in a basement, and in the, in the wintertime... Is very cold and bugs do not like that because their bodies yeah. cannot regulate their body temperature, and uh, yeah. So we also have a mouse uh, that <laughs> kind of runs around, and you uh, didn't kill it that one time. Uh, well, no, didn't kill it that one time when I left the Father Blake Britton interview. But our landlord sent us some mouse traps, so we've got that's helpful. Anyway, I just am very excited that I got these uh, mouse traps in the mail finally. I didn't know how to make it. I didn't know how to make it clear. I was talking about the musical artist Dead Mouse, mm-hmm. not the the. Who I used to be really into. I used to listen to a lot. I used to have Dead Mouse shirts. Who's your number one artist of on Spotify Wrapped, Ethan? Uh, say it on three. We'll both say it on three. Do you have yours? It, yeah, let me pull it up. Oh. Well, you don't know it? Um, no, I was a bit behind on the Spotify Wrapped. You gotta, you don't know, oh, you don't, yeah, because you don't have Spotify on your phone. You don't open it every day. All right. Here, I've got it here on, the, on the website. Do you have it? Do you have it? All right. Yep. Three, two, one. Taylor Swift. Anger Fist. What did you say? Taylor Swift. Was it really? Yeah, it was Taylor Swift. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why. What was your number one song? I don't know. Oh, it was, uh, it, so a lot of my, I'm not going to qualify it. It was Stay Next to Me by Quinn XC, or XC2, I don't know. Charlie XCX? No, that's not, that's a different person. Oh. It's Quinn 92 or something. Didn't even want to go out, why'd you call me? I've had a long day and still got laundry. Two, three, four, make me drink one. Then you walk through the door. All my friends are buying blow in the back room. There's people climbing up the walk because it's a packed house. Who are you? What's your name? My ass. Surprise. And uh, Quinn 92. And uh, it's because I, my youth, my youth group playlist is the one that I play the most. And so it's every week, twice a week, uh, I play it for Edge and Life Teen. So. Gotcha. And that's the first song in that playlist. So now that, now that I have a, a, Youth Ministry is what wonks up my Spotify playlist. Right. Yeah, I get that. Do you remember when they did Taste Breakers? You don't want to know what my top song is? Oh, what's your top song? It is Shadows by Evil Activities in Korsakoff. You have an interesting taste in music. <laughs> Mine's like a very basic top 40 yeah. pop artist. <laughs> and yeah. yours is just something that I've never heard of. It's uh, I'll, I'll insert it into the show so that everyone can understand. Uh, I'll, I'll insert yours and then I'll insert mine. Cool. That'd be great. Good for the cast. All right. What's Taste Breakers? The, so in 2017 or 2018, I think they, oh, it was definitely 2017. They released a... Uh, they did and for Spotify rap. They did songs that you missed. So it's songs that are similar to ones you liked, but never listened to. And they mm-hmm. did taste breakers, which is like songs that you might like from genres you've never listened to. And I, like I, I listened to those two playlists throughout all of tw- the next year. It was, it was oh, so wow. great. I really wish they would do that again. Cause it's hmm. like, I want to discover new music. I don't want to listen to the same stuff every time, but Spotify but might just be, tell us what our aura is. Yeah. I don't understand what that means. My aura was, um, I think it was uh, energetic, 
and contemplative were my mine two was auras. mine was cool and sexy that was my aura you're joking no i'm kidding yeah obviously i'm joking <laughs> mine was mine was incredibly handsome and also awesome the best in fact mine mine was extremely loud and incredibly close were <laughs> That's a good. Uh, that's a good bit. Nick made the funniest joke. Last thing for the topic, we were playing yep. Phase Ten, and yep. uh, with my grandma, who is a beast at cards because she is over the age of seventy, and she was very uh-huh. upset that we did not know the rules and we're taking too long to take our turns. And that's anyway, it was a great post-Thanksgiving deal. And uh, Nick has explained the rules to my dad. He's like, "Nope, you're still on Phase One because you didn't finish Phase One." And then my dad, a card falls out of my out of my dad's hand, and it's a two. And Nick goes, no, you're still on phase one because you didn't finish phase one. The card drops. He goes, you dropped the deuce. And I was like, how did you do that so quickly? <laughs> it was the That's funniest thing. All right, cool. Ready for All that? right, last thing before we start the topic. And that was the last thing before we start the topic. <laughs> we played Monopoly over the weekend when I was with my brothers because my brother Ryan just really was into Monopoly for whatever reason. He kept bringing it up. He's like, let's play Monopoly. Let's play Monopoly. Well, so we the play same Monopoly. reason why people love NFTs. They love fake things. Fake money. Emma... Emma's there and she's it's me Alex and Ryan and Emma and Emma's going oh it's been so long since I've played Monopoly like could you explain the strategy like I don't really understand what to do she freaking wipes the table with all of us just cleans all of us out it's like I don't know I feel bad because I'm winning by so much get get out of here she's whatever the female version of a hustler is yes I think that's what's known as a diva yeah no I don't think she's a diva a diva is a female version of a hustler of of a hustler that's a song Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. No, she's not a diva, obviously. I was about to say, get, get the girl. That's my freaking. That's funny. That's my wife. Hey, man. <laughs> cool topic time. Yeah, let me just rip my. So, anyway, back to Twitter. Um, oh, I yeah. posted Sorry. a tweet. I, I promise I'm not going to make this about people being mean to me on Twitter. I was thinking about this as a topic uh, this morning when I was talking to my wife about this. because as Before you, you knew that everyone was mad at you? Before, I, Yeah, so I, I tweeted something about being pro-life yesterday, and then everyone got mad at me, and I didn't know about it because I'm not, I don't have Twitter on my phone. I don't have notifications on. So I, I lived a blissful life of ignorance, not realizing that two blue-check people had quote-tweeted me into, into getting dunked on by a bunch of Yeah. Here's the thing. Twitter is the worst place in the world. It really, Facts. it just is. Um, it's just not good. It's this weird like cast system where like the the blue check. If you have a bad take, a blue check will quote tweet you, and then everyone just dog piles on you. So you're just buried in a in a nonstop reply chain of just the same opinion over right. and over again. <clears throat> anyway, yes. I was thinking about this. I was talking to my wife about uh, our pregnancy, which is a thing. Oh. Yeah, we talked about We're, it last are week. Are we finally talking about this? Yeah, we are. I've had a lot of thoughts. So now Patrick's that I'm a, having a baby. Patrick's having a baby, and it's huge. We told our family. That's something big that happened this weekend. <laughs> we told our family. Yeah. I'll send was, you the, what was the reaction like? I'll send you the video. It was adorable. Pretty positive. My mom pushes past me to hug Phoebe. It was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. It was great. Anyway, so um, we told we told my, my family. It was awesome. And... I've been thinking a lot about about you know pregnancy and, and stuff. And are you okay? Did your my boom my boom arm just detached? That's from, <laughs> from the desk. That sucks. All <laughs> right. You, well, you... keep keep going. I'll figure this out. Yeah, you can figure it out. We'll I'll <laughs> no, wait. I'll be all right. No. Oh, hello. <laughs> I don't want to try to explain to you my thoughts while you're cognitively elsewhere. You know what I mean? I, I'm cognitively pretty gone. All right, we're back, baby. Okay, good, good, good. good. 
Um, it's so I I uh, I I saw this tweet because everyone's yeah. talking about pro life stuff, right? Everyone's talking about Twitter. Everyone's talking about pro life stuff because there's that thing going on in the Supreme Court, and um, I tweeted an opinion about it. I saw another opinion about it, and I didn't like this opinion. Okay. Um, and so instead of instead of quote tweeting her and being mean about it, I decided to talk about it on my podcast instead, which is the virtuous road. I yes, we really are uh, and at above. Because on podcasts you can have nuance. It's true. You just can't have nuance on Twitter. Full stop. And I'm so, going to give you a limit to the number of times you get to say nuance in this episode. Nuance of the is such a good thing. You've used up four time. already. So. Four out of my four out of my twenty-seven. That's the that's the, no, that's the quota. No, 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 you get eight. <laughs> okay, and so uh, she said the Supreme Court is currently debating uh, debating me my fertility like I'm livestock or something. Hmm. And do you remember that one clip from The View when they were talking about Donald Trump's policy on illegal immigration? Have you seen this? And the lady's like, who's going to clean your toilets, Donald Trump? Yes. And in attempting yeah. to dunk on the cons, she uh, she revealed something about she herself. Accidentally was really racist. Yeah. She revealed something about herself in that she believes that illegal immigrants just clean toilets. And that's what they do. Just are the, are the servant class. Are the servant class. For the white people. Pre- precisely. Yeah. So she was trying to do... And I, I believe this woman did the same thing. Um she inadvertently called women who bear children cows livestock oh uh as if hmm. as if people bringing people into this world are no better than animals bringing people into the world right right um and inadvertently she and because because access to access to birth control is a uh, is an aspect of the upper class mm-hmm. access to abortion access to you know family planning methods is a is a more is people an have abortions in the upper classes than in the lower classes this is true this is a fact and she revealed something very class about herself and i i believe i believe this is the the characteristic of um of certain pro choice uh pro choice positions and i wanted to talk about something that i've been learning recently it's about okay. freedom. I've been writing a paper, two papers on Dignitatis Humanae. I am currently procrastinating writing my paper by talking by doing to you on the podcast about it. Yes. And in, in the, the discussion about religious freedom, there's this concept of two different types of freedom. There's a freedom of indifference and a freedom of quality. Okay. And when I tell you what it is, you're going to be like, oh, that makes sense. So like a freedom of okay. indifference is like the choice is indifferent. The free choice that you make is indifferent. When you're free to choose chocolate ice cream or strawberry ice cream, but it really doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you choose. Right, okay. A freedom yeah. of quality is you are technically free to not feed your child. Right. But in doing so, in choosing to feed your child, you're growing in virtue. You're growing in the virtue of justice. By choosing to not feed your child, you are growing in the vice of selfishness, right? Right. Or just being a, a jerk. Yes. And so the question then that, I would honestly like to pose like we I the thing that I do we do on this podcast I like to give I like to give the left their fair shake Mm. and I know that gets me in trouble sometimes yes it does one of my dear friends said that if you listen to my podcast you will think that I am a flaming liberal yes um this is this is true this is what you will think (laughs) but I've never in my entire life given credence or any kind of concession to the pro-choice movement and I'm about to do that I'm about to hear him out. 
Okay. I would like anyone who's listening to this podcast, if you are pro-choice, I would like to ask you, what choice is it? Is it a choice? Is it the, So a woman is free to make a choice whether or not to keep her baby. Fine. What kind of choice is it? Is it a free choice that is indifferent or is it a free choice of quality? Is there a virtue mm-hmm. to it? Because I think that if it's a free choice of quality versus a free choice of virtue, then I, I don't think I don't think a pro-choice person can call it a free choice of quality because then they're admitting that having a baby is more virtuous than not having a baby. But if it's a freedom of indifference, then there is no difference between choosing to have a baby and choosing to not have a baby. And I think that that holding that giving birth to a child is freedom of indifference you're invalidating all of the suffering that mothers go through in order to bring a life into the world. It's like, well, you chose to do that in the same way that someone chooses chocolate ice cream over strawberry ice cream. But that's all that people see it as. That's my point. I think, I think it's in, in, I think the pro-choice movement, the logic of the pro-choice movement comes to the conclusion that mothers, their suffering is worthless. I don't think you can hold Mm-hmm. the choice being a freedom of indifference without holding the fact without holding the opinion that being a mother is morally indifferent and it's really not that big of a deal. And the reason why I'm, I'm coming to that conclusion now is because I'm looking at my wife's suffering yeah. uh, for our baby. And yes. I'm like, I am so impressed. <laughs> like I never doubted for a second that she could be so selfless, but like just watching it happen. IRL is just like this child is making her throw up. And she loves it anyway. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the look on her face when she saw the ultrasound of the little guy right. jumping around. They give you videos now. It's so cute. Um, yeah. The little guy jumping around. She just like had this love on her face for this child that's basically punching her in her stomach and making her hormones go all over the place so that she throws up her breakfast in the morning. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like I I, I, I had a new a newfound relationship with the pro choice movement where I'm like you can't you can't you can't say that that's not virtuous. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the pro-choice movement does. It says that motherhood is just simply not virtuous. I Can I think for a second? Yeah, of course. I'm going to edit this out. Is there really a group of people in America today that see suffering as a virtuous thing? Interesting. I, like, to, like uh, including people on, quote-unquote, our side. Pro-life, pro-choice. The charismatic right, fires of Right-left. Yes, the, yeah okay so we just got to get them in charge get, and we'll be good to go but <laughs> philosopher Kings, i think that's what i want i i hate to, to pull it back to the thing that i always talk about but i really don't because i love talking about it uh the what has happened in the western world is a systematic elimination of any kind of suffering for those that can afford to eliminate it through technology Air conditioning. Yeah. Navigation. Advil. Advil. Luxury vehicles. All the advances in medicine. And a lot of these things are not necessarily bad. I don't think it's a bad thing. What I was thinking about is like, I, oh man, it's really hard being two guys on a podcast talking about babies. Um, Please everyone trust me when I say this, right? I'm not trying to say anything. Oh, are you about to talk about epidurals? Yeah. Yeah. Like... It isn't, I don't think it's a coincidence that there are people who are on the pro-choice, who are of the pro-choice persuasion that see this as a choice of indifference when 
childbirth has been made more and more of a, or I guess less and less of a painful experience. Mm-hmm. It's still painful. It's still really hard. I'm not trying to minimize how painful and hard it is. Yeah. But there's something to all of this medicine and all of this technology that comes in and how sterilized and how procedural it is. And it, and you go in it, and the woman's body is still wrecked. You still need bed rest. You still need a lot of time to recover. Yeah, your body is never not postpartum. Yeah. It's forever. <laughs> yes, forever. <laughs> forever and ever. Amen. Um, but I think when you can kind of make it this seamless little thing and it's, it's you know, we're just going to go in and we have the option to do a C-section. We have the option to do this. I can, I can go under, I can, you know, get all the pain relievers. I can get all these things. It's like, okay, well, maybe it is just kind of a choice, you know, it's like, it's a, a choice to kind of go through this, this pain versus the pain of working or the pain of, uh, gosh, I don't even know what, what people do instead of have kids, the pain of raising a dog. That is, that is always what the choice is presented as. No one ever presents it as the choice of having a dog or not. Um, but it is presented as that choice of like, it's either motherhood or the workforce. I mean, there was a Bi- there yeah. was a Biden tweet about that recently. It was like, now that oh, we that have, was crazy. it was so fun. No, that was the thing too. It was again, it's like people trying to trying to seem like they are on the side of mm-hmm. of women by and then revealing that they are actually quite prejudiced Not. against such. And obviously, it's just a staffer making a tweet. But like uh, the uh, the tweet that was Joe like, Biden can't use Twitter. Nobody, can't use Twitter. nobody operated no idea to use Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> it came out when he was vice president, and he's like eighty years older than he was back then, um, <laughs> in twenty in two thousand and eight. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, it, he made a tweet about how like this this bill providing for childcare will help women get back to work, and it's like okay, presume that's like assuming that men don't care for their kids. And it's also assuming that women don't work when they stay at home. Yeah, exactly. The idea that you are only working if you are producing for yes. the economy. Now you can finally be productive. This is they, what I wrote in my article. That the didn't GDP get... has been needing you. Where have you been? <laughs> finally. Finally. Finally, we can we can we can keep wages at the same rate, and we don't have to pay a single person enough money to to raise four people, um, yeah. support four people. Yeah, I I. Uh, <laughs> um oh gosh what was i gonna say it's something to do with women in the workforce oh yeah, yeah i i wrote a i wrote an article about this that i submitted to america but didn't get published um and it was Ooh. a very selfish article called childbirth should be free um <laughs> because when i got when i got my first when i got my first bill for prenatal care i was like what <laughs> why <laughs> This is just something that happens. Like, this is something that's necessary. Why does this cost so much money? I was so upset. <laughs> I was so upset. I was so pissed. And I was like, I was like, this needs to be free. I was just simply like, this can't happen. <laughs> Ethan is very, Ethan is very. <laughs> oh, boy. You poor man. <laughs> Did you know the average cost of having a child in America yeah. is ten thousand dollars? I did know that. Do you know what the not. average cost in Canada for having a child is? Oh, it must be Zero. more because they have universal health care. No, for the state, Zero it's three thousand dollars. There's a cost to it. The state just pays yeah. it, but it's three thousand dollars. It is almost. It is <sighs> more than three times more expensive to have a kid in the United States. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh. It is crazy. Again. 
And I can't emphasize this enough. Last year, we decided that we could just make as much money as we wanted, and we there were no consequences. And I you know where the, and when we printed that money, do you know where it went? It went into the pocket of consumers, so they could consume. <laughs> you yes, because that's what we value more. And like, yeah. that's the thing, yeah. right? It's like the that, idea. Yeah, that ties back into everything. The idea, the idea that a per, we don't we don't value in the article I talked about. We don't value childbirth because we think why would someone leave the workforce? to go raise another person who also can't work um that sounds useless but then i was like you know let's just look at the the reality of the situation is that a person infinitely valuable we should put as much money into that person being born at least you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and i was like if you want to look at this in purely capitalistic and purely austrian economic sense uh, the value a person generates over their lifetime is just insane like that i i did yes. i did a, i did a, a back of the envelope calculation and if you if you uh invested ten thousand dollars and it got you the return of i think it was like 2.5 million if it got mm-hmm. you the return of, of the amount of money a person makes in their lifetime that's better than if you invested that ten thousand dollars in the s p 500 it actually right. beats the stock market for investing yeah. in people yeah. um yeah my friend then pointed out that you have to educate that kid and i was like i mean fine but like, you know, sure. is our wages not... really reflective of how much value you put into the market because you're making money for someone else? Yeah, sure. I don't care. But like, it's it's worth thinking about, right? If you just yeah. put that money in and you get 2.5 million in GDP later, just from a purely economic standpoint, you're coming out on top. And I don't, I don't know. I, uh, and I'm sure, I'm sure once, uh, I'm sure once I get to get to paying this kid's medical bills i'm gonna be like pediatric care should be free too but hey you know i i just i look at i'm just a millennial you know i just want my handouts i th- i think the conversation about consumerism and suffering is is the conversation you think because so? i do but and maybe i'm wrong but because well, my the more i learn about what has really changed in the in the psyche of the western person over the past however many years it really is just i've encountered a problem what is a technical solution i can deploy to solve this problem yeah which let's let's couch that a little bit because it's not all bad you know it's like i have this job to do or this field to plow it's not necessarily a bad thing to try to find a more efficient way to complete a task yes but the problem that comes is let me find a more let me let me be forced to find a more efficient way to complete a task so that I can then be assigned other tasks. <laughs> yeah. Right. And like, or let's, like that's, that's the problem. Let's you know? find, let's find the most efficient, efficient task possible, even at the expense of my mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. humanity, you know? And, right. and, and cause there's a difference between yeah. figuring out how to effectively do a job, how to effectively build something with the, with the least amount of effort so that you have mastery over the thing that you're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to, being run into the ground and you don't have time for bathroom breaks and you aren't making enough to support your family. Like that's not, there's a, there's a, uh, an inflection point there. Yes. Like and that's, we're trying to find that inflection point. And this is the point that I was trying to make with my tweet that got me in trouble. Yes, man. It feels like it's 2016 all over again. I, I'm afraid the pro-life issue is becoming a legislative issue. Oh, it's been one for since. Sorry, excuse whenever me. No, you're right. I'm afraid that it's becoming Planned Parenthood exclusively, v. exclusively yes. a legislative issue. In yeah. in the minds of the people that are the most invested in seeing abortion eradicated, 
And the point that I tried to make was victory is not won in the Supreme Court. Even if they overturn Roe v. Wade tomorrow, that's not mm-hmm. a victory. I mean, right. sorry, it is a victory, but that's not it's the end victory. of the fight. That's nope. that's not the end of the fight. And it's not it's not going to by by it's not a victory. I mean it's not a final victory. That's what I what I should say. Mm-hmm. Um it's not a final victory, and I'm I'm afraid, and I know that it's happening, is that legislation is itself a technical solution to a human problem. I was convicted mm-hmm. of this when I went to a writer's group meeting and someone came and presented on the work that he does at Vision for Life Pittsburgh. If you want to go support them, go to Vision for Life PGH all one word dot org. Um and click the donate button. They do really solid work. They advertise, they use native advertising to reach out to, I don't actually know if I use that word right. They use advertising to reach out to women who are in crisis pregnancies and they get them in touch with crisis pregnancy centers. And they found that they have saved 10,000 lives. They've saved 10,000 lives in Allegheny County alone over the past couple of years by using this method because these women see this on their Facebook page they or their Twitter or their Instagram and they go to this pregnancy resource center and it's it's fighting the fact that Planned Parenthood is top of mind for crisis pregnancies. It's fighting the reality that, you know, that this 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 gigantic, you know, federally funded brand has been, you know, systematically destroying lives for several years, several decades. And it's that's a that's a non-legislative solution to what is essentially a non-legislative problem. The problem is that so many people are okay with the idea of killing a human being. That's the problem. Yeah. And yeah. you can tell me that legislation will teach people that it's wrong. And no, number one reason why people don't murder people is because it's against the law. And I'm like, you know what? That actually never occurred to me that murdering people is against the law because I just don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Because I've been formed in virtue enough to know that taking a human life is wrong regardless of what the the, the code of whatever, the statutes of the state of Pennsylvania tell me. The code of canon law. The code of canon law. You know, it's like, no, that's not the number one reason why I don't kill a person. The number one reason is because it's bad. It's bad. Mm -hmm. And legislation can indeed teach people, but, like, what if we just taught them? Instead of waiting Mm -hmm. for our overlords to hand us a solution down from on high, what if we supported organizations like Vision for Life that are working to to change the hearts and minds of the women who are having kids and the men who are supporting them and their support systems? What if we supported them instead of spending all of our time you know, um, watching, having movie nights where we watch unplanned, the Abby Johnson propaganda, I mean, story. And what if we stopped doing that? What if we stopped, what if we stopped funding, what if we stopped funding QAnon mom, Abby Johnson and started focusing on solutions? You know, it's it, basically political pundit wannabe Catholics pushing what is essentially alt-right pro-life propaganda that's just masquerading as virtue and, 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 and progress. It's just not helpful. It's just mean and it's bad. Yeah, Abby Johnson is one of the meanest people I've ever encountered on Twitter. Really? Yes. Still, it has not changed. Hmm. It 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 got so bad. She was coming after me for weeks when I was in high school. I was an on a Catholic anon idiot on Twitter. Yeah, coming after me constantly. It was crazy. It was crazy. Blasting you? Yeah. Why? What'd you do? I don't know because she's on this tirade about. I I was just like, hey, you're being mean, and she was like, I'll show you. You know, uh-huh. and it was just like, and Serge was like, hey, Patrick, that's not going to help because she's not going to receive criticism from you. And I was like, ah, I'm young. I don't know about it and nothing about that. Um, mm. And it's like, and it's like, okay, that's not changing hearts and minds. 
she someone came up to her and said you know after your talk she tells this story this is from her mouth she tells this story i think about it all the time of a guy who heard her talk and was inspired to do something about abortion and so he said i'm gonna during commercial breaks on tv shows i'm gonna do push-ups and i'm gonna pray for the end to abortion and she like got mad at him and, and was like that's not enough she's what? right that's not enough but it's not worth getting mad at a guy. No, for it. it's not. Yeah. And like, let's do more than he was before. Exactly. He was inspired by your talk. And hey, guess what? For the next, I mean, maybe this guy watches TV a bunch. He's going to be thinking about the abortion problem every day for like, you know, how many commercial breaks there are. Mm-hmm. So like, let's let's be on the same team. And it it, it just seems like I want to. I not only want to be. I not only want to see the end of abortion. I want to see abortion ended. And I personally want to be vindicated. And that's the problem with the pro life movement. That's the problem with. All social political movements in this country is people not only want to see their end goal achieved, they also want to be personally vindicated. They don't want to buy a man toilet paper. They they just want to like make it. They just want they just want to win a Twitter fight. It's time to for people who are Orthodox Catholics who believe everything that the Catholic Church teaches. We need to acknowledge that the goal is not to win. The goal is not to uh, beat anyone. The goal is not to succeed. Okay? If you hear that and you get upset, I want you to look at the nearest crucifix. (laughs) Yeah. Because because that, that is the goal. That is the is the way. That is the path forward. I it, it greatly disturbs me and greatly troubles me that we're so insistent that we have to win. That we have to just at all costs. We've got to get those Supreme Court judges. We need unconditional we to, surrender. We have to vote for Donald Trump because we have to get those Supreme Court judges. Or else nothing is going to happen. It's like there are so many people that really lost their minds. In 2015, 2016, and again in 2019, 2020, because it's because we had to win. Dang it! We don't have to win. My favorite, my favorite, uh, my favorite Tommy tweet of all time is a picture of all the people in Babylon bowing down to the idol that Nebuchadnezzar set up, and it says, "Yeah, it's one of them saying to the other, I hear he's going to elect pro-life judges.' Yeah, it's true. It's a great one. I'm, I, and I'm not." pro-Trump or anti-Trump or pro I, I really think that politics are a distraction. I think politics are like for for the average Christian today in the United States, these United States of America, what passes we for politics people. on the on the national stage is an absolute distraction for what's going to make you a saint. St. Francis de Sales wasn't walking around France. St. Francis Xavier, shout out feast day, wasn't walking around India, but wondering like, oh man, frick, I wonder who the, if the president here in India is going to make sure, is to make all the right decisions. Is the king of India, is he, is he on top of things? Is he, does he believe what I'm saying? What he did is he rolled into the nearest village, started baptizing those people. He did it. Spontaneous baptisms. Yeah. And like, we get so tied up in, are we? Is everything, are we winning? Are, is everything going well? Or is, is everything going right? Are we, yeah. are we, are we, like, yes, we should overturn Roe v. Wade. Yes, we should, we should work as much as we yeah, can. It's almost on, as if a, you can hold everything we just said and also think that legislating away abortion is also a good thing. I think, 
I think you should absolutely <laughs> legislate away things that are evil. But I also don't think that people who have nothing to do with policy and legislation should concern themselves with it all of the time, every single day, for 365 days of the year. What you can do is raise virtuous children, encourage people around you to become virtuous, vote for the most virtuous politician, stay involved at the local level, and then when things get too high, you just have to admit that they're out of your control. And that that's the other thing that Americans don't want to admit is that there are some things that are just out of our control because the system that we're born into and the way that the country works means that people who have a lot more money and a lot more influence get more say than we do. Yes. So just just admit it and be okay with not winning. That's why that it's just how it works. That's why, you know, it's when you're screaming at your radio right now because we're wrong. It's we just happen to have more followers. It's stupid. It's there's no reason why we should have a podcast. We just got lucky. That's how it works. Joe Biden got lucky. He's president because he's lucky, not because he's virtuous, no, not because he not. deserves it, but because he's lucky. He was the right idiot in the right place at the right time, just like Donald Trump and the great men before him, the right mm-hmm. idiot in the right place at the right time. Founding fathers, right idiots, right time. It's true. If it wasn't for a little stamp tax, a little, little bit of tea in the river or the ocean. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't pay attention. Gosh, I, what I would give to have an English accent. <laughs> <laughs> just be Ed Condon when you get mad. Does he develop a British accent when he gets upset? He does. He develops a, a British affectation. Ah. He develops a, 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 a. I do declare how something like that. I don't know. No, he does. He does sound. Those very, men. Those uh, men are great. They are very bad at responding to their Twitter DMs. <laughs> JD was like, "I want to talk about evangelization," and I was like, "Come on our podcast. Just come. Just come on our podcast." No, I would have JD on the podcast. I'd have JD on the podcast. Someone, someone get JD. I don't JD think JD on the wants pod. to be on our podcast. Why not? Is the thing everyone, everyone on our podcast like loves the pillar, love it, right? You know, but I don't think he knows that. That's possible. He just needs to know that. JD, we we resport, we we resport, we support, <laughs> we respect and support, we resport independent Catholic journalism. God help us if we didn't have independent Catholic journalism. We, we were sport and suspect Catholic journalism. <laughs> we were sport and suspect. Blocked and resported. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You want to get into Dr. Ethan's dating corner? Did we even do a topic? I feel like we just... That was absolutely a topic. It was. There's no technological solutions to systemic problems. We can only start with giving a man toilet paper. That's all we can do. <laughs> yeah. I tied what? a story into the topic. It was all it was all there. Good and job. then you closed it out. I went on a stupid rant where I got really pissed off because I don't know how to control my emotions. And then you thought for a couple of seconds and you brought it home. We have a we have a repetition. We have a we have a thing going. All right. Well, in that case, let's get into Doctor Ethan's dating corner. Uh, I know it hurts. I'm sorry. Alright, you came to the right place, you ding dong. It's called communication, baby. <laughs> Welcome to Dr. Ethan's Danny Corner, sponsored by Catholic Match. I didn't forget this week. You can go to CatholicMatch.com slash crunch to start your free profile. It's free regardless. It's free regardless, but if you go to slash the crunch, slash crunch, try both, I forget. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> you'll let them know that we sent you, and then you can find a little bit of love in your life. You know, but in the meantime, we'll hey, answer some questions. What? Can I tell you something real quick? Please. This is a huge up for Catholic match. My cousin, yeah, met her husband on Catholic match. Huge. Did she use CatholicMatch.com slash crunch? I don't think she did, but what she did do is she was in a convent for a while, discerned out, met this guy, they got married, and now they're living, they're happily ever after. That's crazy. They're booming right now. You think that you don't have happiness. My cousin, and let me tell you about my cousin, super smart, master's degree, you know, all these things. She wasn't finding the right men. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a big Boom. problem. On Catholic match, Catholic she match. finds the guy. They're married. You ever, you ever hear about a technological solution to a human problem? CatholicMatch.com Catholic match. slash crunch. I know. It's a good thing. I'm all for it. Honestly, and also Catholic Match is one of my favorite companies to work with, especially because they let us do whatever we want. That's pretty Including true. Including that thing that I texted you about. Which, that might happen. It? That might happen. I wrote a summary. I'll tell you about it after do the I, podcast. Do I get to be a part of it if it's if it's happening? I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like I'd be pretty good. I feel like I have maybe a bit of some gifts and talents to provide. That's actually that true. You, can, we, you and me can you can me you and me can workshop it. Anyway, we can't tell the people. Fly nothing. me out to Pittsburgh. We can't tell me nothing about that. We can't tell the people nothing. All right. Uh, this first question comes from Father Anthony. He does not want to remain anonymous. Uh, his short summary of his question is: First of all, how dare you? And his question is dating in this economy, and that's all it is. Okay. That's all it is. All right, I'm I'm upset, and I'm not going <laughs> to respond. Um, I I do have a very se- not not that that wasn't serious, Father Anthony. Uh, not not that that's not serious. Oh my gosh. Okay, I actually have to give you I have to give you options. Um, oh God. Okay, I'm meeting my parents for the first time, and they we don't speak. You're, I'm meeting. Sorry, my parents I'm meeting for the my girlfriend's time? parents for the first time. <laughs> hey, sometimes that happens. You never know. Yeah, that's, I know it does, but I, I'm not equipped to handle those <laughs> kinds of conversations. I'm meeting my parents' girlfriend. My parents' girlfriend. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> what have you done, Red Label, to my brain? I'm meeting my girlfriend's <laughs> parents for the first time, and we don't speak the same language. Or okay. or. Oh no! I asked a girl on a date, and also I hashtag. What if you said yes to focus? What do I do? Second one. <laughs> Which is second, second one? one? Okay. The second one. Yeah. Uh, this one comes from anonymous, <laughs> obviously, because focus is listening to our podcast, waiting for us to tell people to break the dating fast, and they're gonna clamp down. Curtis Martin's gonna come in. He's gonna be like, "I'm gonna set your, I'm gonna set your world on fire." Oh, man. We love you, Curtis. I'm going to take a bunch of hot coals, and I'm going to push them all together, and I'm going to drop them on your head is what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to put my wet, red sweater on. I'm going to come in. I'm going to rock your freaking world. All he right. hasn't worn that red sweater. I think he knows. He, he knows. He knows. We made fun he of him. I feel bad. Him. We photoshopped his face onto the Iron Throne, and now he doesn't <laughs> wear the sweater anymore. That was the best. You remember when we made cover art for the episodes? Gosh. We. Uh, you. That's true. You I, made I did for the that. episodes. I did I that. never did it. I, 22 male. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of males. We graduate. I graduate this semester, this December, and I have hashtag okay. what if you said yes to become a focus missionary next year. Hey, I had an internship this semester, and I met a cute girl, 20-ish. Uh, I was not planning mm. on pursuing anything, but then she approached okay. me out of nowhere and asked if I was in a relationship. I said no, and she, and then immediately followed with, would you like to go out on a date? <laughs> I love to think this is like a gut reaction, you know? Yeah. Um, the opportunity was right there. Knowing that she was interested, I took it. We went on a date, had a good time. We're planning on going on a second date within the next week as well. She recently got out of a relationship less than two months ago, which is why she never approached me. I never approached her because I was focused, LOL, on graduating and finishing the semester. 
Her being not healed, which she shared, is a concern of mine as well. She's also a Christian, mm. but not Catholic. I'm not sure how mm. invested she is in her faith, as far as I can tell. Not a whole lot. I will also be returning to work alongside her next quote-unquote semester until I enter with focus. So he's, he's got another semester with this, chick, with this chica. I will also be leaving the country during that time as well for about a month. She knows I'm leaving for a month. She knows I'm joining Focus, but she does not know about the dating fast. Uh, she seems all for me doing Focus and for leaving for a month. I'm becoming more and more attracted to her when I spend time with her. But all of these future endeavors, the answer about pursuing her points to no. Sad. Anyway, thoughts? Not giving you my email will give me an incentive to continue listening to the pod. How dare you? I'm farming them. <laughs> You're immediately on my list. My, my mailing. That's not true. I'm not doing that. I don't know if this guy's going to like what I have to say. Oh, Ethan, no. Don't break his little heart. He's got an internship. He met a girl. <laughs> Ethan, no. Tell him yes. It's okay. Hashtag what have you said yes, Ethan. Hashtag uh, no. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like so, a So, no. okay. I was with you, and I was going to be all on board, but then you told me that this girl, you don't you don't know if she's Christian, you don't even know how serious she is about her faith. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty big... Okay. That's bigger than the dating fact. Can I just, can I just, it really you is. You buried can, the lead on that one. The, the, he really did. When you become a focused missionary, when you decide to, to accept the missionary invitation that is given to all of us, you essentially agree to say anybody who does not belong to the one true church of Jesus Christ is, is lacking in something. Okay. And, and when you agree to date or marry anybody who is not in that one true church, you are effectively saying, I'm not saying that it's impossible, but what you're saying is we are going to be yoked even though I acknowledge that you have this serious lack, right? And it's different because there are some people who are actively working towards it and they're going to convert and it's, it's awesome and they're going to grow in their faith. But when you're about to go who knows where in the country and you're about to spend every single day meeting people on campus and inviting them to join the one true church and at the same time you're going to be dating some girl that you don't even know if she's super faithful, let alone the dating fast. I just I don't think it's very wise. Yeah. If you, if she was super Catholic, I would say screw the dating fast. Do what you need to do because you got to get married, right? That's, that's super important. Yeah. But like in this situation, I don't want to call into question your missionary zeal because that's not my job. But I just want to ask you to examine your heart and examine your mind and think, okay, can I really be married to someone who doesn't believe that God has made totally present body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist? Can I really marry someone who doesn't believe that she can go and get her sins forgiven in the sacrament of, of penance? It's a huge thing. And you know, I, like, I'm not, this, I don't, I don't even think that's calling into question his missionary zeal. I want to assume this guy like loves spreading. The I'm gospel. sure he does. But yeah. like once you, once you've accepted, like we all have like a universal missionary call, but when like someone when you decide to be a missionary or like a lay ecclesial minister or give your life to the church in some way, you have kind of said, I'm going to be a missionary to all who don't know the fullness of the truth of the church of Jesus Christ. And I don't know if you can turn that off in your relationship. 
You can't, you know, and it's yeah. like what uh, you might you might make exceptions for her that you otherwise wouldn't make exceptions for in people for you're your ministering students. to for your students. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard. I mean, this is re- this was a really hard. This was really hard for me to hear when I was dating a Protestant girl. For real, being equally yeah. yoked. That's a thing. Yeah. It's better to marry someone who's better to be with someone who's equally yoked. You know, that means if you're lifting weights, you gotta you gotta marry someone who's a bodybuilder. I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to marry someone who's like at least on the same journey. They don't have to be like super holy. If you're super holy, they just gotta want to be there. You know, and so. Yeah. You have fundamental dif- you have fundamentally different definitions of what um of what holiness is and like if she's nominally a Christian you think nominal Catholics are bad I'm just kidding that's that's mean but it is true because like I mean being generically Christian being nominally generically Christian is it, it can it can go it can it can it can put a real strain on your relationship because you're not going to be able to share your faith in the same way because your whole life is going to be dedicated to waking up praying a holy hour, growing deeper in your faith, inviting other people to do the same. And if she's just kind of half in, it, it seems really great now because she's really cute and you're really cute and you guys are thinking about kissing later. I get that, right? Understandable. Uh, totally understandable. I've been there. I am, uh, I know I what am it's like. perpetually around a very cute woman that I want to kiss later. Always later. Same. Always later. Never oh, now. Never now. <laughs> sorry, Eddie. We got Sorry. I'm podcasting. I'm, right. I'm, I'm, po- I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> I'm doing a podcast. Get out of here. Saturdays um, are for the boys. Fridays are for the podcasts. Sundays for the Lord. I know what you're experiencing, right? And you're gonna you're thinking to yourself, man, I'm never going to find someone this attractive and who's who's on board. Like, you know, the fact that she's on board with being a focused mission is awesome. She approves of it. That's not enough. Like the yeah. the standard for marriage needs to be higher. The standard for discerning marriage with someone needs to be higher. It can't just be someone is okay with the life that you're living. Are they going to make you a saint? Yes, because everyone's I'm okay. Not, everyone's okay. Everyone's with okay life with it. mission work because it's like, how can you not be okay with mission yeah. work? Everyone's okay with it in theory when you're cute and they're cute and they want to kiss you later. Yes, but like, I mean. But when you're cute and they're cute and you're saying, hey, you need to believe that this this piece of bread is actually God and they don't want to do it, being cute and wanting to kiss doesn't really fix that problem. And this is being as someone who is still living, a, is still working a missionary life and is living with someone who was okay, married to someone who was okay with that when we were dating. And it's like, as, as we go further, I'm less okay with it because it's like a strain, you know? You're not okay with the Eucharist? Missionary What are you work. saying? Missionary, missionary work. work. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I like, yeah. What I are said we missionary about? work. No, I'm super okay oh, sorry, with Eucharist. Was, yeah. Okay, dude. Like, we love the Eucharist on this. We podcast, love the Eucharist bro. on this podcast. I don't know what you're talking about, but like, yeah, like mission work is difficult, and you know, being. I mean, I don't know if you want to be. That's this is different because you don't don't necessarily. I'm assuming you want to be a missionary forever. That's not a reality. You are a missionary forever in the line of. Melchizedek. I was just gonna say Stephen. Really I was gonna say Stephen Furtick. Steve the missionary. I was gonna say that you're a priest forever in the line of Steve. You're a missionary forever in the line of Steve. <laughs> Mel Stevedek, Mel Stevedek. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, there, there's like there's a lot of there's a lot of strains on missionary life that like she might be okay with now, but when rubber meets the road, it's like this will only work if if she sees the value. Like the reason why Phoebe is okay with the sacrifices that she has to make because I work for the church is because she sees the value of what I do. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason. If she didn't yeah. see, if she didn't in, not only see it but like intrinsically know it and value it, I don't know. That's just we could be totally off the mark. Let us know. 
uh, you can let us know by joining the Discord, which is discord.com slash G-G-H-P-Y. All right, it's discord.gg slash. GG stands for good game. I know that, okay. Patrick. Sorry, I didn't really, I didn't a, know if you were a gamer. I'm not a rube. I used to be. Hence the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a we'll get a we'll get a Super Smash Bros. Melee stream going soon. Oh, that would be so bad for me. I it would be bad for me. I would get uh, I would get my 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 cheeks, my two little cheeks handed to me on a silver platter every week. <laughs> I would get my butt, my little booty, wrapped up. Hand it to me. I would be holding yeah. my own butt. <laughs> yep. Uh, we'll put the put the link in the show notes. Please here join so the Discord. It's join, so fun. Join the Discord. It's a ton. There's so oh many my people. Gosh. Father Anthony's posting. Father Harrison's posting. We got a book nook. We got a, we got a we dating got questions and feedbacks. We got a dating corner. We got uh, uh, what else? We got, we got Father Anthony corner. coming in with quotes like quote The Crunch, Catching Foxes, and Clerically Speaking are the Holy Trinity of Catholic podcasts. In this audio essay, I will dot dot dot. We got we got great. Father Anthony's doing tweets in the in the chat. He's doing tweets in the chat. It's great. Uh, come come on in. Enjoy enjoy the enjoy the show. Uh, yeah. So please join the Crunch Discord. It's so much fun. Um, it's a great time. I'm gonna start a thread the day this episode comes out. Uh, that um, threads are a good way to organize messages in a channel. So in the general channel, we'll have an episode conversation. So if you have a thought and you want to share it, I want to hear your thought. So please go to the Crunch Discord, link in the link in the description, link and in the description. go to the thread where we're discussing this episode. And yep. uh, even if it's like two months later, the threads are archived, so you can go oh, bring back. Them back up. And, and resurrect it, baby. You can, you can go to archived, archived threads in the Discord, resurrect it, bring it back up. It'll come back to life. It'll be great. And we can keep having conversations about these meaningful episodes it's great i'm ready it's good stuff patrick do you have anything else for the people i don't care what you're doing tonight i don't care what plans you got go to little caesars buy a five dollar hot and ready pizza go find a homeless person and just give it to them boom thank you all for listening please pray for us we'll be praying for you and we'll see you all next week